Hello, and welcome to the Spiraling Higher podcast hosted by me, Sam, Mindset and Manifestation Coach. And me, Gina, your Biz and Mindset Coach. We're here to support you on your spiritual journey by bringing you intimate and raw conversations about healing, manifestation, consciousness, and spirituality. We hope this podcast makes you feel less alone as you become aware of your patterns and limiting beliefs to uplevel your life, manifest like a boss, and together, spiral higher. Welcome back to the Spiraling Higher podcast. Sam and I are sitting here today both just kind of working through some things in our life. And um, we're going to see where this conversation goes. Um, it's going to be very real and authentic and very much in real time as we process through some things and really just lean on some of these spiritual teachings that we've both come to know. Um, but sometimes they're really hard to use in real time and apply them. So you're going to hear us working through this stuff right now. Yeah, Gina was actually just bringing up an Eckhart Tolle principle to use with me because honestly, I'm in a shitstorm of things going on. I am feeling very overwhelmed and I was feeling a lot of a huge mixture of just like sadness and frustration and anxiety and anger. And, you know, one of the things I really, really, really wanted to do today was to record an episode. And we had a plan of action for this episode. We really wanted to talk about a particular particular topic. And I'm not even going to lie. I turned on the camera for the recording studio and I was crying. <laughs> and Gina yes. looked at me and she said, you look really sad. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> so I just cried for a little bit because I felt really overwhelmed because I had all these ideas of what I wanted to do. And I had these picture-perfect image of what I wanted to create and reality is just not matching what I want right now. And so I'm realizing in this moment that that's okay. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we have to adapt. And now this episode is going to be a beautiful co-creation from where I'm at instead of where I want to be. Mm, I love that. Yeah. I think that's the important thing to keep in mind, um, but it's so hard to do. And I think I think part of my spiritual journey has been being okay with not using a lot of the spiritual practices right away. Because I think that's an element of like, okay, I got to fix this. I know the tools. And, and then there's a level of shame when it doesn't go away right away or when you can't fix the problem right away or when the thing that's gnawing at you just keeps on coming back. Um, you know, I experienced something similar this weekend. And I think the first step for me to actually start releasing that anxiety was actually being okay with it not going away right away, which sounds yeah. counterintuitive, but totally. I was actually crying this morning, like profusely, and I was like crying and aggressively tapping. I was just like aggressively tapping all the points. I was like, okay, this sadness is okay in my body. I'm just like tapping and I'm crying. And then at the end of the tapping, I'm like, um, that didn't work fully. I mean, it definitely worked a little bit. I yeah. think that I think that with any sort of modality that we use for nervous system regulation, we do feel some relief and hopefully complete relief, but it didn't fully work. And it's probably because I was coming from the energy of trying to make it work. Yes. And I think that's really important to consider when you are engaging in any sort of 
practice. You know, what am I doing this for? Am I engaging in this practice to get rid of an emotion? Am I engaging in this practice to be with my emotion and to understand my emotion? You know, what is my motive? And for me, the motive this morning really was like, yeah, I need to get over this feeling so that I can like record my fucking podcast. (laughs) Like that was Mm. kind of the story that I had. And so you know, if I consider all healing to be inner child healing, then there's probably like a really small child inside of my body who was like saying to me, I just feel really sad and confused right now. And you're scaring me. You're like trying to force me out of not feeling sad anymore. And I don't know how to deal with that because that's just how I feel. And so, you know, after doing the tapping, I've experienced maybe like a 25% reduction. And that was like, I guess I'm just going to have to be okay with this feeling. Well, yeah, because think about how that would feel to your inner child, like this inconvenience, you know, of like, can you not be doing this right now? Like, I got I got shit to do. And that that just magnifies the feeling of the sadness, right? And, wow. and I think that's why I've learned to not try to rush into feeling better because I think in that rushness, I just think about Emmeline, if I'm just like my daughter, if I'm just like, hurry up, can you pass through this feeling of sadness so we can just get get on with our day? Um, and I really think that's when we when we act like that, I think that's why there's even more pain and more anxiety because well, yeah, it's it's like what Cyrus told us a couple of weeks ago, you know, what you resist persists. And I yeah. feel like we all know that intellectually, but yeah, in the moment of feeling something and resisting feeling something, we're not really seeing how how that resistance is creating the persistence. But, you know, I think that with so many spiritual practices, there is obviously an intent behind them to make us feel better. And so it feels really counterintuitive to say to yourself, it's okay if I don't feel better. But I think what we don't realize when we say that is that it does make us feel better. Yes. So like that is yes. that is working, right? Yes. Even, like when we say, it's okay if I don't feel better. Or I, earlier this morning I said, it's okay if this feeling doesn't go away. You know, that felt like probably a moral failure in the moment because I was actually trying to make it go away. Yeah. But then in saying that it's okay, it kind of started to go away. <laughs> like... Well, because think about it again with a kid, right? If Emmeline is having a meltdown and she's feeling super upset and I just say to her, hey, like, it's okay that you're feeling upset and I'll be here when you're ready for a hug. Instead mm-hmm. of saying like, okay, can you've got 30 more seconds of this and then we need to leave, right? It's it's You're just saying to the, the inner child, hey, as long as it takes, take it. Well, yeah, that's really that's really valuable because when I was sitting on the couch today, I was like, I kept crying and then like looking up at my phone to see what time it was because I was because <laughs> I was like, okay, I have like 20 more minutes to cry before I have to turn on the camera. <laughs> but totally. that was almost kind of that. See that that was making it persist. Yes. Instead of just give instead of just saying to myself, I have as much time as we need. And so, I mean, what really are we as people supposed to do in those situations? Because you know, we do honor clock time. Clock time tells us that we need to be somewhere at 10 o'clock. You know, we need to have a meeting at 11 o'clock. You know, what if we are just having like such an insane emotional reaction that is devoid of time, right? Like the inner child does not care what time it is. How do we kind of, yeah, how do we bridge ourselves over to a better feeling when the t- when the clock time is <laughs> when the clock is ticking yeah I think honestly it really is you it's what Abraham says all the time of just the path of least resistance you just have to do the best that you can with what you have in that moment and sometimes the best is just sitting there and maybe you are late 
maybe you don't do the thing. Maybe you do let someone down and, and maybe that's also okay. But I think to answer your question, um, one of the things that you and I have been talking a lot about recently is just about the different spiritual practices to use in these moments. They should only be used when it feels good. Mm. Right? When it feels right. Abraham says this all the time. They have a bunch of these different tools and modalities, different games and stuff like that. Um, they're called processes, I guess, of how to change your state, how to go up the emotional scale, all these things. And they always say, though, do it if it feels good. If it's starting to bring up a feeling of resistance, then stop. They don't want you to use these processes if they're not going to do what they were intended to do. And I think sometimes in those moments, it really is required of us to stop trying to fix anything and just be. And I think that's what I was talking about with Eckhart, right? He talks a lot about how problems are an illusion. Because if you think about your problems, like let's just say you're worried about, I don't know, something happening at work. It's not actually happening right now. And in this exact present moment, there's actually nothing in your control that you can do to change it. So he talks a lot about just rooting into the present moment of what's actually happening. And so me and Sam, I started talking to her about what's actually happening right now. I said, I'm looking at you in my screen. We're talking. We're having a conversation. I'm sitting on a comfortable chair. I'm in a safe room. You know, when you start actually focusing on what's currently happening versus being stuck in your psychological problems that are not even actually in the present moment, I think that's kind of the starting point. But I think, well, yeah, I mean, to your point, the starting point is really realizing that you're in that story. Yes. Right. Because it feels so real. Right. Before we hit record, you were saying, but this is a problem. Right. It is. Right. And so we have to acknowledge that we're perceiving something to be a problem. Yeah. Right. And then become aware that we have a story, right, that is being created around this problem. But from the frequency of the story, we can't come to the solution. Yeah. Yeah. So then I think for me, I tried to focus on actually, you know what? I listened to an Abraham video today and she talked about this that. The priority should be getting back into the vortex. The priority should be getting our emotional state more balanced or whatever you want to call it. You know, the priority is getting our frequency back up, not fixing the problem. That's not not the priority. 100%. But we make that the priority because we believe that fixing the problem will get us back into the vortex. Yes. And this is the failure. Right. And it's the same way with manifestation. It's I want to feel good. So I need to get the thing before I can feel good. And so that's it's basically the exact same pattern. And we just fall victim to it again and again and again. And I feel like it's really important to say that this is just a human, the human condition. Yeah. Right. It's it's not a moral failure that you fell into this pattern again. You know, we consider ourselves to be people who can catch ourselves in that pattern very quickly, but we still do it like even. Today, I'm like thinking about some of these problems and I'm like trying to fix the problem and then realizing that the problems will either cease to be problems or become much more easier to resolve once I am no longer at the frequency of believing it is a problem. And so I have to really figure out how to change my state. And so I think when you are feeling really distressed, it's very important to do something that will take you out of your mind, Mm -hmm. right? So... I was tapping, but I was still tapping kind of from the mind. So that wasn't really working. (laughs) I think what I probably would have needed to do was just call you or like turn on a fun song and dance or something. But it's just so hard. I just want to validate that. 
It is super hard. And I think sometimes as we try to take these actions, you know, I did that over the weekend too. I was like, okay, I'm going to listen to music or I'm going to do this. I'm going to watch a show. But it was like gnawing at me. It was just like attached to me, clinging onto me, this, these thoughts and this narrative and this story. And I finally just turn around. It was kind of like on my back. And I finally turn around and I just like hugged it. Do you know what I mean? It was kind of like yeah. latching onto me, gripping onto me. And I was like, okay, not there, not there. It's not there. I'm going to do something else. And I kept trying to ignore it. And then I just turned around and I just held it. Like and accepted it. just accepted it. And I was like, okay. I started just naming how bad I felt. Yeah. And I just let it all come up. And I mean, we talked about that with Cyrus too, right? Letting that emotion come all the way up. And I had to do that multiple times. And I'm understanding now that it's not a one-hit wonder. It's not, sometimes it's not going to be like that. Some days I do one thing and it works, quote unquote. And then other days it takes multiple times, but that doesn't mean you're bad. It doesn't mean that the universe is punishing you. It doesn't mean that your life is going wrong. It just means that we're being led to a lot of these things to find, I believe, these gifts and these answers that we wouldn't find otherwise. You know, I really believe that contrast is like a notification. It's like an alert. It's like, hey, you're running out of gas or hey, you're, you know, I don't know if you get this on your phone when you reach a certain point in your data usage. It's like, just so you know, you're nearing your max of this. Mm. Like to me, it's kind of like, hey, just so you know, your life right now is veering into a direction that doesn't match with what your higher self is wanting. So we just want to notify you so that you can then respond to that and adjust the frequency. But what happens for us is that we make that mean so many other things, right? right? We make that mean like our life is falling apart. I made this big mistake. Now I'm a bad person. And I think the practice is really being able to respond. That's like step five that Abraham talks about all the time is when we can see contrast as just a part of the process, not something that's necessarily against us that we need to fix, Right. I mean, she really or they really always say that contrast is just a sign that get to recalibrate, right? Yeah. And not almost like excited about it. But I think a lot of us experience contrast and then from that vibration begin to just pick up more contrast, right? Yeah. It's like I was just talking to Gina about all these contrasts that I have noticed. And then I was like, oh my God. And I also forgot my birthday yesterday. And it's like, all of a sudden, I'm just like noticing like all of the things that are wrong. And so that's literally law of attraction at work. Yes. Right. Law of attraction works both with negative and positive polarity. So when you are in the energy of appreciation and gratitude, it's fucking easy to like notice all the amazing things in your life. You'll just- Well, it gets easier. It it like starts a little harder and then it like, it's like a snowball. Yes. Exactly. And the same thing happens with your negative conscious. You'll have this experience and it'll kind of like, kind of jilt you off track and you might be able to get yourself on quickly if you notice, but if you don't, it will just- continue to gain momentum mm-hmm. in this direction. And this is how you find yourself in a literal downward spiral. And so, I mean, we're always spiraling, but the question is, are <laughs> Which we spiraling direction? higher or are we spiraling <laughs> lower? Yeah. And, and don't be afraid if you're spiraling lower. You know, don't, I think sometimes there's an energy, I know you and I have experienced this, where we're like, no, 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 like we're going the wrong way, which then only pushes us with more momentum in the other way. And I always like to tell myself, like this weekend, what I said to myself is, you know what, as low as I go, I know I can go back up. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. I think think it's so important to see that there is no wrong way either. Like there's just no wrong way. You actually look at a spiral, like I'm just trying yes. to imagine a spiral in my mind. You wouldn't know which way is right. It just kind of right. 
Yeah, like if it just switches directions, you'd be like, oh, interesting. It would just keep going. There's no, literally, I'm imagining yes. it. I think you're all imagining it right now. You can't see it going. <laughs> I can picture it. You know what I mean? Yes. No way is the right way. It's just going in a certain it's direction. It's just going. Yes. Yeah. I really like that. And I think, yeah, knowing that no matter how low of a vibration that you get, that you're not actually stopping. Like you're not... I think there's a fear of, oh, I'm ruining my manifestation. It's like, no, you're just, there's something blocking it. It's still there. Mm-hmm. It's still there. It's still coming to you. You're just on a different train track right now. And yeah. you are now being brought on a journey to get onto the right train track. And once you get back there, everything you want is still there. And also, this is what you want. You know, the contrast is what we want. It's actually giving us the options to choose what do we prefer. That's all that it is. And actually, Abraham, one of the things that I'm really trying to embody is kind of like what you said, almost a level of excitement when contrast comes up. It's kind of like, oh, goody, I get to recalibrate. Oh, goody. And that's actually what came up for me this weekend of realizing I started – I always start to kind of journal to create momentum in the direction that I want to go. And I kind of start where I'm at, where I'm like, okay, I'm feeling, you know, a little anxious right now. I'm feeling, I'm experiencing things that I don't necessarily want to be experiencing in my life. But what I know is that I actually have the vibrational power to shift that. And that feels, that feels good. That feels good. And I also know that I've I've been in this situation before and I've also received so many downloads from this place before. So you know what? I can I can see that it's possible for me to receive gifts from this experience. And I kind of start there. And then like you said, you can start to build momentum for appreciation because then I'm looking around and I'm like, wow, I'm really lucky that I have a really comfy bed to sit on. And I, I, that starting there though with the comfy bed wouldn't have worked for me. I kind of had to start yeah. with the truth of how I felt and then kind of start to shift that and then turn that into building in the positive momentum. And that actually really did work for me this morning. Um, I think there's a lot of comfort for me in knowing that I'll never stay here forever. Yeah. And you know what? One of my low resistance thought was because the, the comfy bed was just not working for me either. Um, for me, I was like, okay, this is my opportunity to like really resonate with Lana Del Rey lyrics. Amazing. <laughs> like... Because there's, you know, there's just some music you cannot vibe yes. with, you know? Yeah. I love Lana Del Rey, but I can't listen to her when I'm in a high vibe. She's just, she's just a low vibe, you know? Mm. And so I was listening to some of her most dramatic songs. I was having a Born to Die renaissance from 2012. <laughs> when I was, <laughs> when I was in New York, that album had just come out 10 years ago. And that was like during my depressive phase. I remember listening to those songs and just feeling like, such a sad little emo girl. And I swear, <laughs> I have not listened to that music in literally 10 years. And then recently, I just was not feeling good. And I just found that album and started watching those YouTube videos and was feeling really connected to the lyrics and was really enjoying it. I thought, oh, mm. this is this is interesting. I haven't felt connected to this in a really long time. And then I'm not even kidding. I started going on a total tear on YouTube. So there's a lot of YouTube channels now that have really amazing playlists that will say something like, okay, let me think of an example. It'll say something like, you just killed your lover and took over the throne and ran away with your lover or something like that. I'm not even kidding. Like the playlist is some like dark fantasy core of like killing someone and then like taking the throne. And the music is so dark and brooding and just 
it's something you could never listen to unless you just felt kind of sad. And yeah. <laughs> but, but the sadness kind of crescendos and then becomes powerful. Like it's really right. interesting. It took me on a journey, right? Because music is so vibrational. So yes, I'm listening to this music and it's li- it feels there's also another playlist where it was like you're running in the way and it's raining in the forest, something like this. And so I swear, like something I would never click on because I'm normally in such a positive mood. I would never click on running away in the forest in the rain. Like, so I click on this playlist and it's starting off just like really dark and brooding. It's like, if sad was a music, it was this. And so I'm listening, but then this, the sadness or the sad tune of the music kind of takes a new form Mm. and starts becoming more powerful. And so then I kind of went on that emotional journey with the music. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. anyways, so sometimes I have to just drop spiritual practices and just be like, go back to vibration, just go to the music. And so I think music, obviously we all know is very healing, but there is a song for every single emotion. That is. is That is what I have discovered in the past few months of just experiencing a lot of emotional I don't even know what to call it. Emotional colors. Like there's just been a lot of shades of emotion and finding the song for my emotion has been so satisfying that Ooh. Yes, that I have been able to find pockets of enjoyment in my contrast. I love that. I love that. I think that's a great going general thing, you know, that, ooh, I get to find the song that matches this emotion and this vibration. And what a beautiful world to live in. Like some, I was actually listening to music on the way um, after I dropped off um, Emmeline and came here. And I was like, wow, it's so cool that there's just like so many songs. There's so many different types of music. And you can really only appreciate that when you are in a state of being able to see the world for what it is. I think most of us just kind of don't notice those types of things. So I don't know. I kind of love that because I feel like that's a really beautiful thing to be able to appreciate in the moment. Um, I think also for me, like I, one thing that really helped me, I guess kind of going general, but really putting me into a state of appreciation was saying that, wow, my inner navigational system is so on point that it knows every time when I'm experiencing something that I don't desire. Amazing. Amazing. And my higher self is constantly becoming more and more fine-tuned with the universe that I'm noticing it almost quicker, which is a beautiful thing. And I am more equipped than ever to be able to bring myself back into a vibrational state that I do desire. And that even though I might fall on myself, fall on my face several more times, that that's only going to sharpen my spiritual tools and, and give me a feeling of bigger expansion. Because as we we saw a quote the other day that I shared on my stories and it was basically saying that, what was it? It was an Xavier quote. Basically that contrast and positive things, they're all for your expansion. So just again, mm-hmm. like the same thing of what Abraham is saying, that contrast is also good. But yeah, it is really hard to believe that in the moment. But when I'm going through it in the moment and I'm really at the depths of my feelings of just being so disconnected with myself, um, I do find peace in knowing that. I'm always going to find my way back and that, yeah, that my spirit doesn't want me to feel like this, that we're not here to feel and stay in pain. Um, So I don't know, for me, that does bring me some level of comfort. I love that. I know it is, it's really a trust journey, realizing and remembering that the contractions are also leading to expansion, right? I think of, you know, when we 
first breath we take, you know, is like this inhale and then we exhale and we just cry. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, it's like we're that's our first entry into the world. And it's like this contraction. Like it feels. Oh, my God. Feels, like literally you cannot come yeah. into the world without the contractions. Like, literally <laughs> without the contractions. It's like, ev- I don't know. Just everything is. I just see the contrast of nature in almost everything these days. And it was something that I didn't want to acknowledge within me. You know, I think everyone who comes to spirituality in the beginning, they have that phase of just like wanting to be love and light. And yeah, I think that's a very important phase, by the way, because if you've experienced darkness before, you need to experience love and light. You need to know that that is an experience that is available to you. But as I continue to grow on this journey and try to deny the contrast within me, it just became harder and harder and harder because contrast is in everything. I just, it's literally the nature of the universe and we're a part of that, right? We're not separate from nature, the universe. We're part of that, we come of it. And so it is also our nature to experience contrast. And I think that really the only time that contrast becomes painful is when we see it as bad and when we resist it. Well, yeah, but I think it's it's so hard in the moment to not label it as bad because we're in so much pain. And that's why I think sometimes it's 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 really in our best interest to let it just be and let ourselves let cry and let us be sad. And that's why Eckhart Tolle hates um, – well, he doesn't hate anything, but he talks about in his book um, A New Earth about how – the ideas of good and bad don't exist because they're so temporal. You know, something that you perceive to be bad in this moment, mm, it actually might end up being like the best thing that ever happened to you, but you don't have that information yet. And so he says these ideas of good and bad, they aren't real. How could they be real when they could change on a dime? And Mm. so sometimes I'll be viewing something as really bad, you know, like this morning, I'm just experiencing a lot of emotional contrast. I'm like, you know, judging it. But... Now I'm kind of thinking that it was good because it's leading to this conversation. So it's like, was it ever bad? Was it good? You know, what What do these things mean? I think good and bad are really just labels that we created. Yeah. And that really, that really have a huge role or play a huge role in how we experience reality. And so we should be very careful, you know, how we label things. Mm. And a lot of times the labeling happens so automatically that you don't even – realize what we're doing. Because I know I've called you before where I, I'm having a meltdown and I'm like, oh, this is just, you know, so bad. And you'll just say, only because you're perceiving it as bad. <laughs> like, it, it's, it's, that, it's, neut- it's actually neutral. And I always well, hate it yeah. when you say that because I'm like, it's not neutral. <laughs> it's not neutral. This is bad. But you're right. It is neutral. It's so crazy that you just said that because I love where this conversation is taking us. But having the almost excruciating realization that things are neutral, it's very difficult. And this is this is what we do inside of coaching is literally helping clients realize what situations in their life they are reacting to, being able to see them as neutral, being able to separate the situation from their thoughts about the situation, right? Yeah. I'm helping my clients see that what they can control is not the situation, but is their thoughts about the situation, right? Yeah. But before you can see the separation between thoughts and situation, you are completely victim to situation. And so yeah. that's why when you come to me and you say, and I mean, you did, I, we did the same for each other, but when you come to me and say, this is bad, I have a hard time with letting you be with that because I know that you also in that moment still have the power within you 
to not be powerless to that situation. Yeah. I know that you can redirect thought and create a new emotional experience of that situation, thus changing the situation, right? Because it's only through changing our emotional perception of a situation that we begin to take actions to mitigate, change, transform something, whether it be ourselves, um, a relationship, a conflict, anything. And uh, it's just, but it's so hard. Before you see it, for someone to tell you, I actually told a client recently, I said, you don't want to throw someone's projection in their face. Yeah. Right? That's something that they need to come to gently. Yes. Right? Realizing that a situation is not causing you pain, but that your own thoughts about it is, that's very painful, especially yeah. if you've been doing it for a really long time. And like, I'm going to share something a bit personal, but um, I was talking with my mom yesterday and my mom and my dad, they are they are a funny couple. They've been together for 31 years. And you'd think that a lot of things had been worked through in 31 years, but people have patterns. And, you know, um, <laughs> one of the things my mom just can't stop saying is that my dad makes her feel this way. You know, oh, he makes me so annoyed and he makes me so upset and he makes me mm. this. And so I had a little heart to heart with her in the car yesterday. And I said, mom, Ooh. for as long as for as long as you believe like dad is causing you those feelings, like you're powerless to like his actions or inactions, what he says or what mm. he doesn't say. And she's like, I know. That's why he needs to say what I want him to say. And I was like, mm, mom, you can't control what someone says or doesn't say. <laughs> and I was like, and you need to realize that you don't actually need to control what he says. You can actually feel okay regardless of whether he says those things. And mm. shockingly, once you don't need him to say those things, it's weird. You actually get those things. It's yeah. kind of like the law of attraction or manifestation. Yes. <laughs> it's exactly the same. And so it was so hard, though, to get, and maybe she'll never understand, and I just absolutely love this woman, my mother, but she really still thinks that everyone else needs to change in yeah. order for her to feel okay. And this is the mistake that all of us make, right, living in this 3D reality. We think we need other people to say something different and act a different way. We need our jobs to be a different way. We need the weather to be a different way. We need everything to be a different way for us to be okay. And this really leaves us so disempowered. This is not how we become a creator of our own reality. This is how we remain a victim to our reality. Mm -hmm. And so there are situations that we all face, circumstances, and we are in control of how we perceive those circumstances. And ultimately, yeah, how we respond. And how we respond. And that's it. That's, that's it. That's literally it. I, I cannot control what someone says. I can't control what someone does. I don't or what they think the about the situation on their end. Yep. I can. Oh, my God. That's the hardest part. That's the no, hardest part. That's, that's what leads to every single conflict ever is that I have a version of reality. You have a version of reality. They don't match. Yeah. And so if I am trying to convince you of mine and you are trying to convince me of yours, we're, we're going to have conflict. Yeah. And so when I finally release the need to make you see it how I do, change the way you're perceiving something, then and only then do I experience more peace. And then I am actually able to really move toward a solution in a much more efficient manner. Well, because you're now a vibrational match for those solutions, right? Yes. That's the whole thing. And I yes. think that's what I was trying to remind myself of yesterday. Um, there is a meditation, um, I don't know, practitioner, is that what you'd even call her? Um, meditation teacher, Sarah Blondin on um, mm -hmm. Insight Timer. She is... Love her. 
One of my favorite, she is my favorite person to listen to when it comes to guided meditations. And one of the things that she says in, I don't remember which one it was, but she says, do anything other than staying right here. Do anything other than that. And that has always kind of helped me um, because even if you are going to stay sitting in your pain, you're doing something other than that just by accepting it. Right. I think what she means by that is like do anything other than just sitting in there and dwelling on it and letting it fester and letting it grow. And so sometimes just stopping and becoming aware of what you do have control over for me is that small bit of relief of like, okay, I can't change any of those things right now. But what I can do is listen to a freaking song that might change me out of this state because I find that like, yeah, when, when you feel like something's really gnawing at you and it's not going away and none of these things are working, I think that's just means that it's just a really, really hot topic for you in this moment. And the only way that you're going to be able to see clearly under the, the right influence of, you know, source energy or under the right influence of, you know, our higher selves and being in a spirit of, of love, I think the only way in those moments really is to go general or to think about something that isn't as hot. Um, and then like you were saying, I think that from that space, you're able to receive the wisdom and the knowing and then the next step. But it's hard to have that faith sometimes, I think. Yeah. And you know what? I think I saw something recently that I loved so much. And it was like, thank God I don't have control over things because then I would never have to learn how to surrender. Mm. And that is such a beautiful ingredient that we all require for any positive manifestation we have to surrender there is nothing that we can procure just from our own control alone and the reason why people feel so disoriented and frenzied and anxious is because they're really they're really operating outside of their own inner locus of control yeah and actually stephen covey talks about this in his book the seven habits of highly effective people i think it's like one of the first couple things mentioned in the book and he has this little diagram and he's got the inner locus of control and that's like got your thoughts your feelings your behavior your actions and then like everything else outside is like what people think what people say what happens with the what right your job your boss like all of these other thoughts and we are constantly trying to operate at the outer locus, right? I mean, I think so much of our stress comes from number one, trying um, trying to control people's perceptions of us That's the craziest one. I've released that, right? But I mean, that's the one that definitely comes up still in my relationship, right? Because I think that's what leads to conflict, right? They're having a perception. You're like, no, that's not what I had. That's not what I said. That's not what I meant. And then they're having a perception. So I have to constantly release, 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 you know, allow. I always remind myself, everyone is allowed to have their own opinion. Everyone, right? And I may not agree, which is why it's called an opinion, but (laughs) everyone's allowed to have one of those. Mm. And just releasing, it doesn't have to be the way I want it to be, but I can control how I perceive what they might be thinking, mm. right? And I control whether or not it has an effect on me. And you control how you think about yourself based on that information. You yeah. control, I think, that that view, because I think a lot of times when somebody else has an opinion about us, the reason why, yeah, like you said, we respond negatively to that or maybe in defense to that is because it doesn't match how we view ourselves. But I think unknowingly, it does shift the way that we view ourselves because that's why we're so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Because now you're like, well, now I'm the kind of person that somebody thinks of me like this. And so we're resistant and we're trying to force this person to see it the way that we want them to see it so that we then have permission to see it, see ourselves that way. Right. right. But and I then think this, oh yeah, this is so good because this leads to the shadow work. Yes. Right. 
So you, okay, there's actually a lot of people who've been asking, how do I do shadow work? And this is a really great opportunity to talk about that because shadow work <laughs> is, shadow work is not something that you can seek to do, right? Yeah. If you're seeking to do it, then your ego is trying to do it for an egoic means, right? In order yeah. to experience more light, experience more happiness. And that is attachment to wanting to feel better. And so you can't, can't exactly pursue shadow work consciously. Yeah. Shadow work is something that is thrust upon you. You'll not <laughs> ask there. <laughs> yeah, it'll Unasked show up. For. Yeah. It's, it's not the thing that you ever want to do. It's not the thing that you can seek to do. It's something that really happens within you when you are resisting seeing something within yourself. So Gina just gave this great example of someone having a perception about you. So let's say you whatever, you took an action and they misinterpreted this action to be deceitful or, you know, they considered that rude and you're like, that's not rude. What are you talking mm. about? Like, that's not, what are you talking, like, that's not what I agree with and that's not what I meant by it. And I'm upset mm -hmm. that you now see it that way. Mm -hmm. The only reason we're upset that they now see it that way is because we now have a belief that they're judging us to be a certain way and we yeah. don't see ourselves in that way because to see ourselves in that way would mean we are bad. Yeah. Right. So let's say that they saw you, I don't know, maybe you threw something, you threw something toward the trash can. It didn't make it. And now this person's like, oh my God, you're such a litterer. And yeah. you're like, no, I'm not. I literally yeah. just missed the trash can. Like, what do you mean? I don't litter. I care about the environment. This is obviously a silly example, but this happens all the time with more personal and more, um, you know, hurtful comments about your character traits or whatever. Yes. But whatever. You didn't actually mean to miss the trash can. And now you're not even arguing about having thrown that away. But what you're really arguing with is their perception of you, which is that they now think that you don't care about the environment. Yeah. And you're like, what? I totally care about the environment. I like You recycle. should see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I recycle all my shit. What are you talking about? I separate paper and plastics. I compost. Yeah. And so this is what, this is what, usually precedes shadow work is mm. you trying to like justify like who you are, how you seem. You're arguing now with someone's perception of you. Now, at this point, it's really important to ask yourself, what am I trying to defend? Yeah. Like, what am I trying to get this person to think about me? And so maybe it's that you want them to desperately think that you are an environmentally conscious person. Why? Because you associate that with goodness, mm -hmm. right? You think of that as a positive thing to be that makes you a good person. And so you have to ask yourself, wait, but if I actually believe I am an environmentally conscious person, then why am I getting so hell bent on trying to convince this person that I am? Usually there is some seed of doubt in your like perception of yourself regarding being environmentally conscious that now you're having to like vehemently defend and come up with reasons to yeah. defend how you are this person. But mm -hmm. if you really were this person, you'd be like, what? I'm, I'm totally not like a litterer. I obviously miss a trash can. Like, what are you talking about? Right. Like, and you wouldn't get all this, you wouldn't get defensive. So, right. sh so shadow work really is prompted when you find yourself getting extremely defensive about yourself. Yeah. It's really... It essentially your triggers. Yeah, essentially your triggers. And the deeper shadow work, okay, so maybe you need to now notice like, wait, am I doubting like my inventor, environmentally conscious self? Why am I doubting that? Then the next step really is, wait, but if I was environmentally not conscious, would that be bad? Right. Would that make me a bad person? Because shadow work is not you seeing things as bad and trying to make them good. 
but is really you trying to see that there is no good or bad, right? Mm. You're just making the dark conscious. We're not all of a sudden like identifying all the bad things about you and trying to like spin them around and make sure that like you think think that they're good things, Mm -hmm. right? It's to really figure out like what am I even judging in the first place? Like how am I even perceiving this to be bad? Why do I believe this even is bad? Like would it even be bad to have like accidentally littered? Like is that, you know, what it really, it leads to a lot of inquiry and it really leads us to question what have I been conditioned to believe is good versus bad? Yes. That's the shadow work. And it's mm. not something you can just do on a dime. It's it's kind of thrust upon you in the form of a trigger. Yeah, and I think I think there's multiple shadows, obviously, in case anyone's wondering. There's a few. <laughs> And then there's some that are going to keep coming up. And that's really the question that we ask people at the end of every episode, which is, what have you found yourself spiraling through over and over? And a lot of that is your your shadow. Um, I want to bring up um, Byron Katie's four questions right now, because I feel like this is something that has helped me a lot recently. I love it. The work. Um, Yes, the the work. So if you don't know Byron Katie, um, she has um, these four questions that you can ask yourself in a lot of these situations that will hopefully set you free and in some capacity. So the first question is, is it true? So in this example, if somebody, I don't know, is this a stupid example to keep going with? (laughs) Whatever. If somebody thinks something about you or you think someone thinks something about you, you think someone's thinking, oh my gosh, Gina is such a terrible mother or whatever. Right. Can you actually, like, is it true? And you might say to that question, yes, I I think that is true. I know that person's thinking that about me. And then the second question is, can you absolutely know it's true? In most cases, you can't really know that's absolutely true. Um, but maybe yes or no. And then the third question is, how do you react or what happens when you believe that thought? And the last question, which is my favorite, is who would you be without the thought? Yeah, that's the most powerful one. That's the most powerful one because I think that's what opens you up to the possibilities of what would happen if you released. And I think when you see that, it's so much easier to release because you can see that life would be lighter if you just release this belief that's really only in it's really only existing in your mind. Well, the inner work is realizing that you're constantly responding to your own stories. Yeah. Right? And so yeah. the idea is that once you remove the story, you're just back in the present moment and the problem is gone. So actually, yeah. let's let's use the environmentally conscious example because this one's pretty funny. And I feel like we can all relate to it and replace this with something else. But let's say someone did believe that I was, you know, just a litterer and I'm just bad to the environment. So I terrible. I don't care about Earth. Let's just say, <laughs> let's just say, okay, so I have this belief right now that Gina thinks I'm environmentally unconscious. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now I get to ask myself, is this true? And based on what she's said to me and accused me of because I missed the trash can when I threw something and tried to, you know, do the Kobe thing, whatever I missed, <laughs> I, might, I might think, yeah. yeah. It's true. She totally thinks I'm environmentally unconscious. She gave me a look. She gave me she a look. Kate made, yeah. a, made a comment. Well, this is funny. Yeah, most of the time, no one's even saying anything. We're like most making of the judgment. Time. So let's say you didn't even say anything. You just eye rolled, okay? Right. You eye rolled, and now I have this thought, oh, my gosh, she thinks I just litter all the time. Is this true? Yeah, she just gave me an eye roll. Okay. Well, then how do I absolutely know that this is true? Did she say that? 
Did she literally communicate to me that she believes I am someone who is environmentally unconscious, that I litter all the time? I might have to at this point say, mm, I can't know that it's absolutely true. Right. But how do I feel when I react to this thought or when I have this thought? Well, I feel guilty. Mm-hmm. I feel shame. I feel anger and like I feel defensive. Like I mm-hmm. want to defend myself. You know, that's where the shadow work is now coming up. And then the fourth question, like Gina said, is who would I be or how would I feel without this thought? And so then I just get to imagine myself without ever having thought that she thinks that I'm environmentally unconscious. We're just two people walking on the sidewalk and there's nothing to react to. <laughs> yeah. All I did was create this insane story in my mind based on either body language or you know, verbal language. We do that as well. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm reacting to. And if I don't do the inner work, then what I believe I'm reacting to is Gina. Yeah. And then in order to feel better, I have to force Gina to say something, to assuage me. I have to get Gina to change her behavior. And this is when we become very manipulative, not consciously, right? We're not trying to manipulate people. But if I believe that Gina is making me feel guilty... Then now I have to make Gina act differently towards me or say something different for me to feel better. And this is how we begin to feel crazy because we try to control other people's actions, perceptions, thoughts, words. And none of this is within the inner locus of control. This is all in the outer locus. And so taking back the power in my life through doing inner work like Byron Katie's work has been really realizing, wow, I don't have control over what Gina thinks at all. She can totally think that I litter all the time. But I experience freedom when I release myself from the belief that she thinks that. Mm. And maybe I make it okay that she thinks that. Mm. That's the hardest part, is realizing that people are going to think what people are going to think. And there's not a damn thing you can do about it. But I think that's that's there's something weirdly comforting about that for me because I used to be somebody that really cared what people thought about me. Yeah. But then I realized that I can't change it anyway. So the only person that suffers is me. Yeah. By choosing to believe that they do think that about me because I could equally choose to believe that they think I'm the greatest person on earth. (laughs) Exactly. They're both have the same chances of really being right or wrong, really in your own mind. So... I think, yeah, it, you know, in, in other situations that might not be related to people, but maybe you're trying to get a job or make more money or whatever it is, I think it really comes down to becoming aware of what do you have control over? Yeah. What do you have control over? And I think that helps me to release the things that I don't. And then I just focus on the things that I can. And really the biggest thing that you have control over is your now moment. I just read this thing from Abraham Hicks and obviously Eckhart Tolle. I'm just super into right now because he talks so much about how the present moment is all we have. And so your life is always in this present moment. We get to choose in every present moment how we're going to respond to that. And I think one of the things that's really helped me is like you might as well try to start enjoying your life in this present moment, no matter what the circumstances are, because like that's that's all you have. And so I think that I've just learned that the more that you can learn to find a way to love your present moment, even if you're going through an immense amount of contrast, if you can at least be grateful for the fact that, you know what, this is contrast. And what I know about contrast is that it's for my expansion. I can say that to myself even when I'm feeling the worst, right? So even if that's the one thing that you're going to root into, that's better than thinking that, you know, 
your life is over, which sometimes you think too, but <laughs> literally before we started this call, I was like, my life is falling apart. And she was like, okay. Yeah. okay. <laughs> uh, I actually really quickly want to go back to what you said about how the controlling what people think about you, mm. believing that they think that you're the worst person ever or believing that you're the best person ever, both have equal chances of being right. So you might as well choose the one that feels best to you. This is actually a principle that I bring into my coaching. And it's that I'm actually not, I don't actually even care whether you think that thought is true or not, which is also a part of influenced by Byron Katie's work. But the thought that I, or the question I ask my clients is, what results do you get by believing that thought? That's all mm. I care about. I'm not here to universally claim whether your thought is true or not true. Frankly, we can't even confirm that information. I am really here just to detail for you what results you are getting with this thought. And so yeah. I'm actually going to give you all an example. I had a client recently who we were on a coaching call and I was asking, you know, what do we think right now is our biggest block to what we want to achieve? And I just kind of let the floor open and she messaged in the chat saying lack of talent. And I said, that's really interesting because lack of talent is not a circumstance. That's a thought, right? Talent existing or not existing would be the neutral circumstance. And then she had a belief that she had a lack of talent. And so what I asked her was, or what I said was, the point here is not for me to confirm or deny and convince you that you have talent or not. Mm -hmm. The point is that when you believe you have a lack of talent, this is a self-fulfilling prophecy. That is what you get, right? Yes. There was um, the actions that that led to that we identified were like procrastination, you know, rumination, not really doing anything, right? Doubting oneself. And so I said, I'm not really here to confirm if there is talent in the world and whether or not you have enough of it, but look at what results when you believe you have a lack of talent. Yeah. What would happen if we challenged this? What if talent is just 10,000 hours of putting work into something that you like to do? You know, what if talent is just when hard work meets opportunity? You know, what if what if talent's not even real, right? But you believing in this construct and that you have a lack thereof, that's what's creating your lack of results. Mm. And so this this was like like breaking her brain a little bit because she was like, but I really believe I yeah. don't have talent. And I was like, I know that, but this is what we're breaking up with, right? Yeah. This idea, because I want you to see that when you believe you have a lack of talent, this is what you get. You don't try to gain your, you don't try to um, improve your skills. You procrastinate, you project that other people are more talented than you. And all of this just keeps you where you are. And so yeah. we have to challenge this in order for you to create what will, you know what? I was like, if you challenge this and then actually start like building your skills and like putting 10,000 hours into something, watch, someone else is going to look at you eventually in two years and be like, wow, she's so talented. Right. Is it true that you're talented? I have no idea. Right. right? The point is that you get to determine what you create and it's based on your beliefs. Mm. So the same thing with like the believing that someone's thinking this or that about me. It's like, what results do I get when I believe that they think I'm the worst person? Well, I just feel like shit about myself. I don't socialize maybe, I don't put myself out there. But you know, if I believe that they think I'm cool or whatever, what do I do then? And so this is like literally the way that I've hacked most of my reality. I'm like, what would I need to think in order to get over there? You know, what what is it that I want to experience and what would I need to think in order to experience that? And so I actually also told them about the podcast and how we got to here because there was definitely a time when I did not have a thought that aligned with this. And yeah. you had thoughts that did not align with this. Yeah. I think we eventually just had to tell ourselves something like, even if no one listens, I'm okay with that. 
that's the only way I could do this yes. <laughs> because I didn't think anyone was going to listen. But exactly. yes, yes, but exactly. But that's the thought that we had to think and believe to get us to take an action to be at this point. And so really it's taking stock of what am I believing about the situation? What would I need to think differently in order to act and feel differently? Mm, and that reminds me a lot of Joe Dispenza's work, which is all about becoming the kind of person that that does have the thing that you want. So in this example of not having talent, okay, let's just say you don't have talent. Okay, let's just say that that's your truth. But if you did have talent, what kind of person would you be? Mm. It's like, well, I would be the kind of person that probably gets up and practices. I'm probably yeah. the kind of person that doesn't say I have a lack of talent all the time, right? I'm probably the kind of person that um, is noticing the talent that I do have or whatever it is. I think that's another thought that really helps. Um, yeah, so I think this is – I'm so glad we're having this conversation because it really is helping me a lot as I process through my own thoughts. Oh, my own it's helping thoughts. me so much. I literally – we just needed to do this, and I'm glad. It led to the conversation we needed to have because I was just – I guess at the end of the day, I really just want everyone to know it's really okay not to be okay. And you know what? I kind of look at our contrast um, – I actually had this thought today where I was like, this contrast, like the feeling of it feels the exact same as other contrasts. Like if you actually think about the emotion, oh, yeah. right? I think you and I have talked about this before, how there's only an X number of emotions. So I kind of had comfort in feeling like this is actually not a new problem. It's 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 actually a familiar emotion. I've done this before. Ooh, I got this. I love that because... I actually saw something recently, too, that really affirms what you're saying, which is that we don't have that many emotions, but we have a lot of names for them. Yes. And so we're creating new stories yes. around old feelings. Yes. Like, we've already done this before. Done before. I got this. I'm, I'm good. I can do this. I think sometimes it feels like a new thing that we can't handle, but it's because we're telling ourselves a new story about it. Yes. But it really, just has a new face on. Exactly. It's wearing a new mask. But in reality, this is the exact emotion I experienced like a few weeks ago. I'm just, it's just a new thing that I believe is causing it. Yeah. It's just in a different container. It's just a different container. It's just got a different, yeah, different label on the outside, but I can open it up and it's the same stuff on the inside. And Ooh. I can, but on the flip side of that, feeling good is also the same, right? You and I've talked about this too, that the feeling of getting ice cream with you, with Emmeline felt as good as going to see Abraham Hicks or, you know, make hitting my first goal in real estate or, you know, going to Disneyland. The emotion, it's, it's happiness, it's joy, it's the same. And so then you can reverse engineer that and think, okay, well, what can I feel joyous about right now? And then all of a sudden you're living in the reality that you've been trying to manifest the whole time. And so I think for me this weekend was um, challenging for sure as I was trying to navigate out of these emotions and really just trying to, you know, decipher what this all meant and trying to like shift myself in and out of these certain states. But from that, one of the things that really was my going general was, wow, this is so cool that I'm able to identify what is going on right now. You know, there was a time that these emotions would have been very unconsciously happening where I would have had zero awareness around them and I would have been going this way and the other. And, you know, I kind of had to feel gratitude for the fact that I've gone through so much of my healing journey up to this point to be able to process a lot of this stuff from this higher elevated awareness. And then I was like, well, great. Now after I go through this, I'll be even in a newer awareness and know even more knowledge. And, you know, and I think, I don't know, I guess knowing that for me in some level helps me to love my contrast and I think when you can start to love it and or at least start to see the love within it, when you can start to see 
a little glimpse of how this could be working for you, I don't know, it starts to break me open. I do try to start to think about what are all the possibilities of this working for me? Sometimes I play that game. Mm, I love that game. It's a possibility game, honestly. It really you is. Know, when, when I get my clients into my program, I know that I have been successful when they start telling me, oh, I could do this, and what about this? And what yes. about When they start going into possibility thinking, I'm like, we got it. Because it's the expansion. It's the expansion of the possibilities, the feeling of like hope and excitement, which is really all that you ever wanted. Yes. And and that's always been there and available to you. And you know, what what which one of those possibilities you experience will obviously depend on how often you focus on either one of Mm. them. But there's there's an infinite number of them that you could experience. The one that you do physically experience is the one that you're consistently focused on. But there are so many that are available to you and when we feel when we feel like we don't, f- when we can't imagine the possibility, the possibilities, that's when we feel really, that's when we feel those contractions. We feel that tightness and it really yeah. indicates that we're in fear. Well, that's what I actually realized this weekend. I was realizing that I'm actually only upset because I'm actually only focusing on one outcome. Yeah. Yeah. I'm only focusing on this being one thing. And then I started to think, okay, well, what else could this lead to? What are the possibilities? So let's just say you get into a fight with your friend or your parents or your child, whoever. You can actually start to think about how, oh, my gosh, now my child thinks I'm a bad mom. Now they think this. Now they think that. Or you could actually start to think about things like, well, another possibility that could stem from this is me learning how to regulate my emotions more. What Mm. could also rise from this is me having a conversation with Sam, and now she has some whatever, some tips and some advice on how she can handle her conscience in the future. This could be a great lesson for my daughter to learn how to manage conflict in her own life. There's actually a lot of good possibilities that we shut ourselves off to when we only choose to believe in one. And anyways, that was maybe a silly example, but that's something that has really helped me. So another one, I guess, if for anybody who's trying to manifest more money, let's just say you are, you know, in a lot of debt, you have no money and you're like, this is the reality. Nothing's really changing. But could you buy into some other version of a story that maybe this is just part of your story, that maybe one day you'll inspire somebody else, or maybe the you not having any money is going to force you into a situation to think about ideas that you never would have thought of if you did have a ton of money right now. You know, there are a lot of other possibilities that could be open to you if we open ourselves up to them. And so that is kind of my way of like casting a huge net to the universe. I'm like, okay, show me, show me. love that. And you know what? I remember on one of our um, TikTok lives, there was someone who said, yeah, but like, what if I'm getting evicted right now? And I said, what if this is the rock bottom moment before your entire life changes? Mm -hmm. And once again, as a coach, I'm not here to affirm which one is true or false. It's more that which one is going to get you closer to where you want to be. Mm, you know, exactly. You, right. Like if you do cast your net wider and believe in the possibilities, like maybe, maybe this is that moment before everything fucking changes. Yeah. Maybe this eviction leads to you living in the best apartment you've ever had. Yeah. And this is part of that story. So not, I'm not saying it's awesome, but yeah. how can you view this situation, which is with it, the eviction is now out of your control, right? Yes. But what's in your control is how you perceive that. Yes. And so actually we have someone coming on eventually who I'm not going to reveal yet, but she's actually going to talk to us more about how 
it's really not your circumstances that determine your success, but your belief in yourself. And she's someone mm. who's experienced so much hardship, um, came from poverty, and she's experiencing incredible, not just financial wealth, but just wealth of relationships, passion, career, so many things. And so, yeah, it just reminds me that you're, you're really not a victim to your circumstances. You're a victim mm. to your thoughts. Yes, about the circumstance. Yeah. Yes. And I've, I've seen people and I tell my clients all the time, you know, it's not the circumstances. And we know that because there are people who have risen above them. Mm-hmm. So what, what do we say about that? Right. Mm-hmm. There, there are people who have created massive amounts of happiness and joy and success for themselves who came from what we would judge to be poor circumstances. And, you know, one of our future guests um, is going to speak more on that. But I can't wait. Yeah. yeah, it reminds me of sometimes when it gets stuck in traffic and then, you know, when you're driving and you're like, okay, I'm almost there. And then there's an accident that happens right in front of you. And you're like, seriously, you know, now I'm going to be late. And I don't know, I've really learned to turn those into like a thank you that I'm like, okay, this just means that this is stopping me from getting somewhere that maybe I would have gotten to an accident later on, or maybe, yeah. you know, me driving this way would have led to something else. And so there's so many infinite possibilities from every single moment. And when we choose to only believe one, that's so limiting. We're we're, we're cutting ourselves off from so many things that we could experience. And we're really, it's really causing ourselves our own pain when there is. Yes. And the real point is like when you do imagine, okay, let's, 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 let's use that example. You do imagine that like maybe there was going to be like a wreck down the road and like maybe that's saving me. What do you lose from imagining that? Nothing. Yes, nothing. You, you gain everything. You gain back your peace. You gain back your happiness. You know, that actually reminds me of my brother. He actually just experienced a very series of unfortunate events where, like, his visa was denied to go into a country where he was supposed to play in a tournament. And so he's just, like, sitting at the airport, like, flight denied, boarding denied. He's just so upset. And I was like, honestly, because there's no solutions left at this point, like, we exercise all this, the solutions, possible <laughs> solutions. Yeah. I said, your only solution at this point is to imagine that this must be working out for you in some yes. way. Like, like, literally, dude, maybe the plane was going to crash if you were on it. Just yeah. saying. And he's like, okay, that's ridiculous. But I'm like, but if you did imagine this, could it make you feel a little bit better? Because every time I miss a flight, it's happened like only two times. But when I miss a flight, I'm like, whew, dodge a bullet. Like, yes. I just, See? Always, I just always think that because I'm like, what, what benefit is it to me to sit here and brood? Like, oh my God, I just missed my flight and this is making me two hours behind and whatever. I'm like, maybe this is like the best thing that ever happened to me. You know, Seth MacFarlane, the writer of Family Guy, was supposed to be on United 93, the 9-11 flight. Wow. And he like slept in that morning and missed his effing flight. Wow. And that just blows my mind. I'm like, how, 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 right? Like he's thinking, oh, damn it. Like I got way too effed up last night, like I slept in, I missed my fucking flight. And then next thing you know, his freaking airplane is like flying into the Twin Towers. Wow. it's like, I don't know, like that's got to be some crazy cosmic shit. And so I just told my brother, I said, at this point, you got to imagine that something bad would have happened if you were on the plane. I actually, I love that because I do that too, where when there are a lot of things that go wrong in a row, I'm always like, wow, look at how many times the universe stepped in to stop something from happening. Look, and every time I kept trying to make it work, kept trying to, t- to make it work, and every single time the universe intervened for me. Rejection is protection. Rejection is protection. Yes. You taught me that one. 
I know. Um, I love that one. That's one of my favorite, favorite quotes. And so rejection, you can replace that with anything. You know, things falling apart is for your protection. You know, you not getting the amount of money you wanted this time is for your protection. You fighting with your spouse, protection. Or expansion, which I think is the same thing, really, right? I think when we think about all of us are on this journey. I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, obviously there's a part of you that wants to continue to expand and experience more love and joy and freedom and all of those things. In order to do that, you have to go through contrast. That's literally why we're here. And so that's why, that's why we you have start- to get born. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's why. Being born is literally the greatest contrast ever. Like you were just, you were just a little light being, you know, just being in full, <laughs> in full love and light and joy and just high frequency. And then you came to the physical plane to fucking experience this shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yes, to basically suffer, um, but then to to see the beauty in that suffering and to see how that too is a gift. And I really believe that that is the work, is being able to respond to contrast and things happening as a, oh, goody, great, more expansion, perfect, another opportunity for me to love myself deeper or to learn something from this. But it's not always going to look like that. And I think you and I are coming to terms with that. Mm-hmm. That's because you know? we, I think that we falsely believe the growth journey is super lineal, linear, yeah. linear, yeah. right? We think growth is just going to be like this non-interrupted straight line. And I really imagine it looks like a trending upward stock market where there's like these little peaks and then there's like a little <laughs> yeah. bit of dips before it goes up again and then down again. It's like this, it is this trending upward thing, but it doesn't go in a straight line. There's a variation along the way. And yeah, it's, it's almost kind of like, like a, it's a almost spiraling like, version of that. Yeah, and it's kind of yeah. like holding your stocks. Like when it's down, like just don't sell. Like just yeah. just keep going. Like it's 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 the belief that things are going to trend upward eventually. This is not the end, right? Things will continue to keep going. And when I do feel like my life is falling apart, I just try to remember that I'm in one of those little dips. I'm just right. Sometimes, actually, the thought that I use is this is the part right before it gets really good. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I love that. One of the things that I always say is this is where I require the faith the most. This is it. This is the moment. This is the crossroads of I get to actually have the faith and root into a new belief and break the cycle, or I can go back into the cycle again. And those moments really are that choice for us to choose to expand. And guess what? If you miss that chance, which I don't believe you can miss anything, everything always is for us, but you'll get another chance. We're going to get another opportunity. And really, it's those signals again. And honestly, that's kind of what happened to me over the past couple of weeks. There's something that kind of kept poking into my brain and I kept on kind of ignoring it, kind of ignoring it until it really just was like, girl, you have not been listening. (laughs) Like, Pay attention. And then I paid attention. And at first I was really resistant to it. And now after this conversation, I'm just seeing how there's other possibilities other than this being here just to like make my life completely suck. <laughs> like yeah. the yeah. possibility could be the greatest expansion of my life. And I mean, it led to this conversation with you. I think that that's one of my going generals all the time is I'm going to talk to Sam about this and we're going to have a lot of wisdom nuggets. I don't know that for me is one of them for sure. That's definitely one of them for me. Like when I'm going through something really shitty, I'm like, fuck this better have lessons. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, I've recently been I just have an experience. I've been experienced. I think I also should say this. I think the more expansion and joy that we feel, we naturally feel more contrast because mm, it's you're it's aware like of it more. 
Yeah, it's a swinging pendulum. And so I've been experiencing like mind splitting joy. But then like on the other side, I'm like, damn, like I feel I just feel the shit like so much more viscerally because the contrast is so much greater now. Whereas if I don't experience that much joy, then I don't experience, you know Mm. what I mean? And I think that's why so many people are numbing themselves because they're so uncomfortable with the different fluctuations. Mm. Um, But I think that's life. You just got to get used to it. But when I'm experiencing something really low, I'll be like, this is a chapter of my future book. (laughs) I'm like, oh my gosh, I always say that to you. I always say like, this is perfect. This is going to be one of the lessons in your next coaching um, session or whatever. And, you know, and it's also like, I think about my daughter too. And I always tell myself that I don't want her to avoid any pain. That's not the life lesson I want her to have. I want her to have the tools and the love to know how to navigate through the inevitable contrast that comes up. Right. And to know that she's always going to be okay. Like that's the lesson I want. We're not trying to avoid pain and actually on that note about you, you know, the pendulum swinging, I think you and I talk about this a lot, which is I'm trying to ride in, in the middle, in, in like kind of coasting in the middle, not riding the yeah, highs or the, the lows. Way. Yeah, the middle way. Because I really think that I'm, I was somebody that rode the highs and was like, I need to stay up here at all times. Whereas when you kind of stay in the middle, it's almost like you're mixing the ingredients, right? It's kind of like you're not keeping two separate bowls of this is a good bowl, this is a bad bowl. You're mixing them together. And that's what actually makes the entire recipe is, is having those all mixed up together. But as long as we keep them separate, we're believing one is better than the other, which is actually the source of so much of our pain. But when it's all mixed together and you actually see how this ingredient mixed with this ingredient creates the final product of what we want, we can then approach the contrast with more open arms. Not always, but I, I, I have open arms for my contrast now. How about you? You definitely have open, wider arms open than I do. (laughs) Okay. That's okay. My my arms are widening um, for sure. But um, I think I I love what you said about how when things feel just really not great, really dark, this is when I get to have faith. Like this, this is the time, right? This is when I get to surrender. This is sometimes, honestly, things have to become so painful for me to just actually release. Like I will not release things if I still feel like I have some semblance of control, but when it becomes very blatantly obvious that I am out of control, there is nothing I can do about a situation. I just have to release. But that's why contrast happens. I know. That's exactly why (laughs) it keeps getting worse because source in your spirit is trying to get you to that point where you release. And that's why, like I always say that that's that's the only time that we would actually take the kind of actions that we would take is if we're in that corner where we're like, I don't have any other options. Sometimes we need to be put into those situations so that we can expand. And that's how we can believe that it's happening for us. (sighs) So true. Man, life is just a teacher, ain't she? You know? She's a teacher. I always have to remind myself, too, that we don't really learn from the good times. The good times are amazing. And we're completely worthy of them, and I love them, but it's these conversations that teach me the most. It really is. It's teaching me to have faith. It's teaching me to question. And it's always these times, too, that we seek the most answers, Mm, right? Exactly. And we find the help that we need. I always, before my clients begin the program, one of the first things I tell them was to thank, is to thank their pain. Right. Mm. Because their pain is why they're here and it's why they're about to change because Mm. 
really, we do not change until the pain of not changing becomes too great. Mm. I think we will skirt and water ski across our emotions until something's got to give. Something becomes too painful and then we say, that's it. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. You know, I'm, I'm going to change myself. I think when we try to change things outside of us and we finally figure out that it doesn't work, then there's one last resort and that is changing you. <laughs> <laughs> and it sucks. Trust me. Like, and that's the shadow work too because the yes. shadow work is realizing that like you are the one that needs to change because you, you may think everything else needs to change except for you. Right. And I think that's when you experience the most pain, when it's like, no, they need to change, that my job needs to change, my boss needs to change. That's when you're suffering the most. The suffering yes. becomes the suffering begins to release when you realize, wait, I just change me. And what a relief that is. That that you get to change that and that you get to be the one that changes your entire view of the your entire life. Like that's awesome. The one thing that we do have control over is such a beautiful thing to have control over. Um, and so I actually really love that, that it's such a relief that we get to change that, the way that we see ourselves, that no one else has the power to change the way that I view me and the way that I love me. Only I do. What a beautiful thing to have control over. And yeah, like I think, you know, as contrast comes up for me, a lot of times I find myself saying like, thank you for this reason to expand. You know, like, thank you. Thank you. Because life would be really boring. Like Abraham said that. I know. Abraham said, well, you want the road to be smooth all the time, but if it wasn't Buffy, you'd get bored. Yeah. And it's true. That's not why we came here. We didn't come here to drive on a smooth, straight road. <laughs> it's just not. Um, I think it really is. At least my, my purpose right now has been to f be able to see every experience as something that is happening for me. And when I am in that state of belief, and you, you and I have definitely been there where things have come up, contrast comes up, and we're like, great. Awesome. And it just moves right past us and right through us. Yes. And it's, it's, it's ain't no thing. Um, but then there's times where we just put up all of these roadblocks for ourselves. And that's also such a beautiful thing because we get to go deeper than we've ever been and experience joy that we've never experienced before because we're healing through something we've never healed through before. Mm. Oh, that's so beautiful. Yeah. I feel like, oh, I needed to experience this much, con this much contrast because throughout this conversation, I don't know if you've noticed, but I've just like felt the opening of my heart just like inch by inch. It just feels like this little widening in my chest. And I can only feel that relief because of how tight it was, right? Mm. We can, it's so cheesy, but we can really only feel like how amazing the sun feels on our skin after a long, cold winter. Mm. We can only experience, you know, the best highest forms of laughter after just crying actually those are the best moments you know when you're crying and you break out into laughter you experience it just mm. <laughs> so fully because you were just so sad and now you're like what like now I'm la what it's like the contrast mm. just makes it so 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 incredible and I always think about like like nothing feels better than when you're so thirsty and you have like <sighs> an ice cold water and you're like oh, well you gulp loudly <laughs> Um, but just that feeling, that refreshing feeling, and nothing feels better than that. I mean, a lot of things feel better than that, but you know what I mean? In that moment, you know, you can only experience how good that feels to have that cold water because you're so thirsty. And I also think about that quote that people say a lot, which is 
Like distance makes the heart grow fonder. And so sometimes when you miss somebody and then you see them and you hug them, it's like, that's such a cool moment too. And so, you know, the more you can play this game almost with yourself, sometimes I do this when I'm feeling really um, shitty. I'll actually try to name sometimes that I've felt the shitty before and then it actually worked out really, really well. Mm, and I try to just name things. And sometimes it doesn't even have to be me. Sometimes it'll be you. Sometimes it'll be celebrities that I can think of. You just want to open yourself up to the possibilities of the universe that it is possible that I'm going through something so negative that could lead to something really beautiful because I've seen it happen. And so really you're just building up this evidence um, for yourself. And again, in doing that, you're almost going general because now your mind is off the problem and starting to find you know, positive things that are more uplifting that will change your state. And then from that elevated state, you'll probably get a lot more ideas and downloads of how to continue feeling better and better. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, what a great conversation. This was unexpected. I mean, I can definitely see the shift in you. I mean, you guys can't see her, but from before the conversation till now, um, definitely not a okay. shift. <laughs> no, you are not. I'm feeling okay now. This feels really good. This feels... It feels like I really acknowledged how I felt. And I think, Mm -hmm. I mean, most of us aren't even willing to do that. And that was something I wasn't willing to do for many years. And really the greatest part of my spiritual journey the past year has just been, can I acknowledge a feeling Mm. and and not make it mean that my life is falling apart? I still do Mm. it. I still say that. (laughs) Totally. I, I literally said that an hour ago. My life is falling apart. I forgot my friend's birthday. Like everyone's mad at me. But you know what? I acknowledged how I felt Mm -hmm. and just allowed that emotion to just kind of float through. And yeah, I did something good for myself, which was connecting with my best friend. And so sometimes it's not the thing you want to do, right? But it's the thing you know you got to do, right? Mm -hmm. And so like Gina said earlier, one of our favorite meditation teachers says, just do anything but stay here. Yeah, anything. Do something small, you know, light a candle, call a friend, do something to just, you know, even minutely just shift you out of that state. Mm. Um, and then as your state begins to shift, you you will begin to build momentum again in the opposite direction. And mm-hmm. it's beautiful. It's beautiful to experience all sides of the emotional spectrum. Mm. Wow. Am I falling in love with contrast? <laughs> I mean, that has been goal, top of our goal list. <laughs> yes. I think for the most part, I I can respond like this is a good thing, but there's just certain, again, there's shadow work for all of us and there's certain things that I'm not okay with when they happen and there's certain things that I'm like, great, awesome. Um, I've, I've learned to shift that, but then again, even that is shadow work because then we get attached to this idea that we're always going to be okay with anything that happens and then we're not. We feel like we're doing something backwards or we're doing something wrong, but Yeah, I really think that um, if I've learned anything on this journey, especially with you, it really is that everything is always freaking working out for us. And in the moments that we don't see it that way, we're not meant to see it that way. And that's okay too, because that's going to lead us on another journey and into more inquiry and and more depth. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I hope this conversation helped someone. Me too. We love you all so much. And this has been just the most beautiful place for us to connect with so many of you. And we have so many ideas. It's insane. Mm. We want more than anything to meet you all, talk to you all, connect with you all. Um, It's amazing that I get to connect with Gina, but we do this because we want to connect with you. 
We wanted to create a beautiful, create and attract a beautiful community that likes to have conscious conversations like these, that full of people that want to be honest with themselves and with the people in their lives and authentically grow together. And so we can't wait. We have so many things on the horizon. We can't wait for so many more, yeah, ways to connect with all of you. And um, we hope to continue spiraling higher. <laughs> With all of you, spiraling higher. Thank you so much for listening to this honest conversation. We hope it brought you peace, clarity, and a little bit further along your spiritual journey. If you loved this episode, it would mean the world to us if you left us a five-star rating and review so we can bring you more conscious conversations, spiritual topics, and guests. Here's to spiraling higher.